Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church and School right here in the heart of Chicago. I pray that you find hope and peace in the message of Christ and Him crucified for you in your life right now. Thank you for listening. And please, if you'd like to support the mission going on right here, uh, please go to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org to donate. Thank you. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What does that mean? In the name of Jesus, amen. I learned to ski as an adult. That is not the best time to learn how to ski. If you have kids and you want to ski, teach them when they are like this tall because uh, they don't have that intuition to preserve their life that you do when you're older. They're shorter, they don't care about falling, it's not very far to fall, and they like going fast and they're not scared. But when you're an adult, skiing is very counterintuitive. It's the opposite, really, of how we think. First of all, going fast, straight down a mountain with uh, pieces of wood, if you will, locked on your feet is not a seemingly smart decision, right? And not only is that counterintuitive, like that doesn't seem smart to speed down a mountain with trees on it, but also to properly ski, you have to fight your intuition, right? Right? Because when you start out, your intuition is to not fall, which means you start skiing going back kind of with the mountain, right, with the slope. But in fact, what you need to do is go into it, be parallel with the hill to successfully go down and not fall. It's very counterintuitive skiing itself. The very idea of skiing and the way to ski successfully, uh, if you're in it for self-preservation, Don't go into skiing, basically. I say that because I think Christianity is something like that. Following Jesus is similar. And I'm not sure we grab it enough or take it serious enough, the things that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16. Last week, uh, we had um, Jesus quizzing his disciples, right? Who do you say I am? Peter. Uh, on behalf of all the disciples, of course, that's Peter. He speaks without thinking, right? But he got it right this time. He speaks quickly and says, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one we've been waiting for, the son of the living God. Peter finally gets something right as a disciple, right? And Jesus applauds him for that, right? And says, yes, and you got it right because God revealed this to you. And on people like you, I'm going to build my church. We talked about that last week. Well, now in the same sentence or the same teaching seminar, Jesus Uh, we're told by Matthew, began to show the disciples what this Messiah looks like. What is the job description? What are the characteristics of this Son of God that they say they believe in, which is Him? And so Jesus, Matthew says, began to show the disciples that the Son of Man must must go to Jerusalem, must suffer many things, 
by the hands of the elders and the chief priests and uh, the scribes, all the leaders, the government officials, the authorities of Israel were going to cause this Messiah, this Jesus to suffer. And not only that, he's going to be killed. And, And Matthew says that Jesus, it's interesting language, he could have said Jesus told them this, but he doesn't, or taught. He says, he said that Jesus showed them, if you look at your, and I looked it up too, you got your, your English translation here, uh, he showed them that the Christ must suffer and die. And I thought that was interesting, and I, and I think two things, it might be that he was going through Isaiah, Amos, the prophets, and showing that that's what is supposed to happen to the Messiah, as the prophets said. Or maybe Matthew means that word that Jesus showed them in his life, in his in his uh, receiving the criticism, the, the humiliation that the Pharisees were already doing to Jesus, or maybe it's both. So Jesus shows them that this is what the Messiah looks like, a suffering servant and one who's going to be killed. Now, this is counterintuitive for what a hero should be, a conqueror, a strong man, a successful person. Everything he touches turns to gold. He can convince people of something, and now they'll buy into it. He'll defeat his enemies, right? He's not going to get hurt. And for sure, it's counterintuitive for the Son of God. The Son of God and suffering seem absolutely the opposite. And I would say to you that most religions would absolutely agree with this. That God is up here, and you can't hurt him, nor would he allow himself to be hurt or to lose, especially to mortals, especially to sinners. And so for Peter, totally counterintuitive, he grew up reading comic books about this Messiah who's coming, and these Superman stories, and he was looking forward to this day of victory. He might even thought, I think we got the winner here, and guess what? I'm one of his first three disciples. Peter might have been excited that he was on the right side of history, on the right team. And now he's hearing Jesus saying something stupid, that the Messiah, that God is going to die, suffer, lose. And so what does he say? He He gets up, he hears Jesus talking. And he takes, I love how he does this. Peter, who just got done saying Jesus is the Son of God, right? He goes up and takes Jesus aside. Oh, I think you, you, you must be mistaken. Let me tell you how you should be the Messiah, right? So takes him aside and begins to rebuke Jesus. This is strong language, right? So he's like waving his finger at Jesus, like you got it all wrong, because it goes against every intuition that Peter has about what does it mean to be a human being, how to ski, (laughs) let alone what the Messiah is supposed to do. Definitely not suffer. So he's rebuking him and says, far be it from you, Lord, that this should ever happen to you. Jesus turns, because he's got a crowd of disciples there, turns and says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance. Because why? Your intuition is wrong. You have the things of man in mind, not the things of God. So Peter gets the fact that Jesus is Christ, but doesn't get 
the, the Christ and the mark of Christ is not victory, but it's actually suffering. And that in suffering, the greatest act for humanity is going to be accomplished through Jesus' death. He rebukes Peter. He fixes his idea about who the Christ is and what he's come to do. He changes Peter's mind. He fights against his intuition. But then he says this, and this is for Peter, for all those kind of watching this argument, Jesus talking about the cross and suffering, and then he looks at you. He looks at me. And he says, if anyone will come after me, let him, let her deny herself, take up her cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses her life for my sake will find it. For what will profit a person who gains the whole world but loses their soul, their identity, who they are, their life? And, and who could ever pay for what can you possibly give for your soul? Jesus doesn't let you remain unengaged out there. Even as he goes up the hill with his cross, we're a part of it. He looks at the disciples and engages them and says, I think, words that are very difficult. What what does this mean? If you want to follow me, if you say you're disciple, if you want to sit in these pews, You too must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to gain his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will gain it. It's paradoxical, and it's counterintuitive, because our intuition is self-preservation. Whatever I have to do to survive, even if it means doing something terrible to somebody else, That's the intuition we have. Our intuition is self-preservation, and in this culture now, I feel like it's self-realization. Whatever I think about who I am is all that matters, and me, self-actualization is all that matters. Doing what my passions, my desires, my fantasy or illusion of who I am, the whole goal of life. Am I right in saying this? And it's not a Christian, non-Christian, this is us. This is American dream stuff. Be yourself. Find yourself is the mantra of the age. Do what you want to do. And I'm not speaking purely sin either, guys. I'm just talking something far more important than that, specific sin. I'm talking about the essence of how we think is so crazy in this country, it is the opposite of what Jesus says, but it is our intuition, humanity's intuition, is wrong. Don't trust your, don't trust your instincts, don't trust your intuition. You heard it from me. Now, I'm not saying you've practiced football, you're very good, you've learned it, it's stuck in your head. 
and you learn to trust what you've learned. I'm not saying you don't, and of course you do that. Believe in yourself as an athlete or maybe a, a, or a pianist, you know what I mean? You believe in the training, it, it's good. I'm not saying that's all wrong, etc. But as a human being, deny yourself is actually the intelligent, let alone the following Christ activity. And that's counterintuitive, isn't it? To be like that skier and not try to preserve your life, but actually go down the hill, let go of your fear of losing your life as you follow Jesus. And this is not easy, but it might help to know that human intuition is how we got World War II. The human intuition is how we got all these bad things in the world or terrorism, or whatever it is, that is not some foreign, alien, evil idea. That is human intuition. Human intuition always has good intention and results in bad. Jesus says this, don't forget this. Leave here and mull it over, and don't blame me. Jesus says it, you want to follow me, deny yourself, your, your obsession with self-preservation, actualization, and realization. Stop thinking about yourself. And weirdly, the opposite's going to happen. As you hear and listen to Jesus and not you, you will actually find yourself. You actually realize who you are in the cosmos for the first time, following and listening to Jesus and not yourself and make that your first instinct every morning, you actually will discover meaning and purpose in life and you will not just live. Jesus isn't saying, follow me and you'll go to heaven, but life will suck here. No, you'll find life now, even in the midst of suffering. Because when you stop living for self-preservation, you will suffer you won't get that job because you won't do that thing that that job demands because you don't agree or something like that, right? You might not have those friends because you're not going to buy into what they're saying or just be quiet. You can't. You're going to pursue truth in Jesus, and it might lose friends. And you might not go to the perfect college. You might not have all the money or success. Yep. And you might even lose your head in some countries. That's life. But what do you have? You have hope and you have peace. You have Christ and you know it's going to be okay. This is also contrary to American, our American philosophy because our religion is avoid suffering at all costs. Right? Suffering is bad. So we've created a morality and a culture that if you can avoid suffering, you should never have to suffer as a human being and therefore you can do whatever you want in order to avoid suffering. And by the way, I get that. That's human intuition. But in the end, we just make more and more messes. In the end, we always make a mess, even as we try to save our life. Just like that skier trying to save your life actually puts you off balance and you fall over. Because you're actually not meant or built to be self-centered. That's actually not how you were meant to be. It reminds me of my favorite, uh, it's everybody's, many people's favorite, Seinfeld, George Costanza. He gets to a point, right? He's always the loser. And finally, what does he do? 
he realized, he says this, if every instinct I've ever had is wrong, then the opposite must be right. And it's really hilarious. I remember first I, yeah, was I, did I first see that? Let me, I don't want to tell you how old I am. Anyhow, but uh, that's brilliant. And at first you're probably like, that must be true. And you know what? Jesus is kind of saying that. Your instinct and intuition is wrong in terms of good and evil. Do the opposite. But, but it's a better answer than that. Follow Jesus. So Jesus says these strong words, these paradoxical words, lose your life and gain it. Don't think about yourself and you will find yourself. That's important. Quote that. That's huge. Stop thinking about yourself and you will find yourself. But it's bigger than that. Follow me. So Jesus speaks these words. And if this is all he did and then sort of he lived a long life and died, it would be an interesting philosophy. But what happens? Jesus does what he said he was going to do. The Son of Man was rejected by all the leaders, all the religious leaders, and was killed and indeed rose three days later. He laid down his life for you and for these disciples and for Peter. And he picked it up again. So when Jesus tells you to deny yourself, let go of your life and you will find it, these are not philosophical words or abstract ideas. He is risen. He forgives. You will rise again too. Suffering is not the end of your existence. And because of that, suffering now is empowering. Because you know you're going to be okay, you can say, you can lose your life. You can go down that hill because you know you're going to get to the end. You can take the bruises, you can take the cuts, and not only that, you can learn from your falls because you're going to be okay. In fact, suffering is your best teacher, and we can praise God and find peace and joy even in our suffering. And there is no other philosophy that tells you that. And there's only one reason. It's because Christ is risen. So lose your life and find it in him. Deny yourself. Try it. And follow him. And you will find not just life in the future, but you will find life and meaning and hope and peace even right now. In Jesus' name, amen.